0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Burn Your Draft, an exploration of the Reed College Senior Thesis process and experience. I'm your host, Frank Tangerlini, and this week we'll be talking with Rosie Tabochnik. A spontaneous thesis sounds like an oxymoron, but to Rosie Tabochnik, it sounded like a challenge. Today, we'll hear about the use of spontaneity as a method of rehearsal and direction in her senior thesis production. Okay, I'm in the recording studio with Rosie. Hi, Welcome Frank. to Burn Your Draft. Thank you, you for us, having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where
1: are you from? I'm Rosie Tabachnik. Um, I'm from Massachusetts, and I graduated from Reed last May in 2019 uh, with a degree in theater from the theater department. Um, you wrote, what department are you in? But I feel like I'm no longer in the department. <laughs> Yeah, how do you feel about that? I feel good about it. It's it's good. <laughs> it's funny to be back here. I don't know if you'll be able to include this in the podcast, but um, now that I'm like a minute older than you guys, I was walking around campus and I was like, oh, there's all these teenagers smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Which, like, while I was here, I was like, that's normal. <laughs> um, but that's how it feels to be back here.
0: Okay, so let's let's talk about your thesis. Uh, what What was it? What did you do for it?
1: Yeah. So the theater thesis can have two parts if you want it to. So um, I, in addition to writing a thesis, I also directed a play, but my thesis was about spontaneity. And um, I had this sort of, um, I had this issue that I wanted to deal with, which was this illusion of spontaneity in theatrical realism. So um, basically where I began was there's this, three layered issue here so the first layer is that the audience suspends their disbelief and is is asked to and hopefully is willing if things go well to pretend that the characters are behaving spontaneously and like having this experience authentically for the first time ever and then at the same time we're in this contract the performers in the audience that the performers will have rehearsed this and are in control and that the audience is safe. Um, And so those two things I think are in direct conflict, that we're pretending the characters are going through something for the first time in their lives with the understanding that the actors are really well prepared for this moment. And then that was complicated one more time for me by the the liveness of theater and that these actors actually are performing for real in this moment in front of you and they're actually breathing and they are actually giving up an hour of their life that they're never going to get back.
0: You did improv while you were here too so does that carry over into that idea and those different puzzles that you tried to contradictions and puzzles that you tried to handle
1: yeah so where I actually started right that's the real truth is where I really started was thinking about how could I um, make a thesis about improv and still direct a play because I'm a director and an improviser and that's how I wanted to spend senior year which I think is as good a reason to choose a thesis topic as anything is like what do you want to spend some time on Um, so yeah it was this intersection of while I was at Reed I was doing improv as an extracurricular and then studying theater and studying um, visual art and thinking all the time about like why do we make theater and what's important about live performance Um, and improv is actually the opposite to scripted realism right it's that we're in this agreement that none of this is prepared, and it's all made up. And all the performers have had is the practice in being spontaneous. So, um, in the in the rehearsal part of my thesis, uh, in the practical part, I directed a play, and the question in rehearsal was, can we train ourselves and each other to um, to be comfortable? being spontaneous, and then translate that to a prepared performance.
0: Nice. So then before, before the rehearsal part started, why did you choose the play that you chose, and how does it help to incorporate some of those improv tactics?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think on some level any play would have suited this project, and there may have actually been better options than the one that I chose. The play I directed was um, a play called Late, a Cowboy Song by uh, a contemporary playwright named Sarah Rule. And this was a play she wrote in, I think, 2002. Um, And the play is really about the relationship, uh, two relationships that this one woman has. And so that's really what suited my project was choosing a play that was two-person scenes, Totally focused on the relationships and not so much on plot or having to learn, I don't know, having to learn like slapstick or movement or a different language or an accent or whatever. That we could go into the rehearsal room and really focus on um, what is there, what's actually there on stage. Um, And then also it was just a play that I liked. It was a play about, um, it is still a play, the play exists, will exist forever, but... Um, It's a play that I like that is about finding your authentic self and, like, questioning the path that you've been on for a long time. And there's music and there's cowboys and, like, uh, it's just got a little bit of all these wonderful things.
0: Yeah. So was the outcome, was that what you expected? Was it what you wanted from the start or was it, did it change throughout working with people
1: and collaborating? Uh, that's a challenging question. I think one of the themes of my thesis process was learning, learning something one day too late. And I felt a lot in rehearsal, like, if only I had known how these pieces went together, I would have been able to execute this better over and over and over again. Um, which is pretty well related to a piece of advice my thesis advisor gave me. Actually, the spring before I began my thesis... In one of our pre-thesis meetings, my advisor said to me, what you're going to find out is it takes writing the thesis to learn how to write the thesis. And at the time, I was really sort of unfazed by that advice, but that became totally dead on the theme of my whole process, was uh, if I had known you know, what I know now, it would have gone much smoother, but you need to go through it to learn how to do it. So part of the challenge of my thesis was, that I um, did the practical section in the fall and most of the writing in the spring. And there were lots of things that I learned when I was really digging into the the work of the practitioners who inspired my rehearsal structure that would have been really helpful in rehearsal in the fall.
0: Do you think that the writing... The written portion as well as the practical portion has helped you in ways that have influenced you now.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think it's relatively typical for a director to do a lot of research about like time and place or style and um, less typical to really sit down and do a kind of classical type of research about the just like practice of directing outside of. A classroom environment or like sitting at the right hand of a director and studying how they work yeah I think it was helpful I got I was very lucky to uh, get to take advantage of Reed's thesis research grant and um, because I was studying a living director who had not written a book um, I was working mostly with the work of this director Katie Mitchell oh my god she's written a book <laughs> <laughs> Part of my research process was actually going to London to uh, the National Theater Archives, which Reed sent me on the thesis research grant, which is available to any thesising student. Um, And I was studying a living director who has written a book. book? Let me just be clear, (laughs) she's written a book. (laughs) And um, what I wanted was access to her documents, sort of un... um, unedited. So what you can get in the National Theater Archive is videos, uh, videotaping of what you can get in the National Theater Archive is videotapes of the performances and some rehearsals and then a lot of really amazing weird artifacts like rehearsal notes from the stage managers and all the press clippings and the interviews that go on. So that helped me translate from this book that I had that, that she um, – her book is more like a cookbook. It's like here's how I would structure a rehearsal process. It helped translate that into given her eight weeks working on this play and four weeks working on this play, what do those rehearsals actually look like? Um, uh, so, yeah, I thought that was really, really interesting and helpful. And just to see – what working at the same process I was trying to access at the highest level of theater, which is like in the UK, this, um, state funded professional theater where they get, you get a full six weeks to rehearse these plays and they're amazing actors and everybody's well compensated, you know? And so it's, it's this question of like, here we are doing the educational format, the very first level and If I was going to hold on to these tools and extrapolate them for years, where could they be heading? Yeah. So
0: other than working on the practical side afterwards, were there any other unexpected challenges or challenges that you faced when directing your peers? I don't know, that were influential to
1: the outcome. That I found really challenging was getting everyone on board with my research, was walking into rehearsal and saying here's what we're going to try today. And if I had known what I know now, I would have been a little more specific about saying, this is the technique we're using. But my research was structured as more of a survey. And so in the six weeks we had to rehearse in the evenings, we tested out a bunch of different um, practices. And not all of them landed right with the actors. And so there were days where I left rehearsal feeling like, Um, I didn't get the research. And I think that actually ties back to this um, structural issue with the project, which was in really digging into the work of these other directors that I was studying, like Katie Mitchell, who I mentioned. Maybe I didn't mention her name, but I went to London to study Katie Mitchell, who has this amazing book, the name of which is Escaping Me. Um, So it was that once I sat down and I really looked at, okay, how does Katie Mitchell deal with um, structuring a rehearsal schedule and uh, and an arc to the project, then I wished I could go back to rehearsal and apply those techniques. But I was already, you know, what's done is done. So we had already put up a play um, and then I needed to marry what had already happened with the research that, honestly, I should have been doing all along, but I really did in a more concentrated effort in the second semester.
0: So what skills did you acquire, strengthen during this experience? What is so important about the Reed Senior Thesis to you? Those are kind of two very similar but different questions.
1: Totally. I think when you talk about skills... Of course, it was so wonderful to have another shot at practicing directing, and those skills always need practice, and they deepen every time you access them, Mm -hmm. but the big takeaway for me was um, learning how to sit on my own and put a concerted effort into doing the same thing over and over and over again, and that this wasn't something you could write the night before it was due and uh, pretend it was good enough, but that it was this iterative process where I was receiving feedback or not receiving feedback and still having to go back to the same thing. One of the things that's really challenging about the thesis is that everybody around you is doing it too. And there's certainly a feeling when you're directing a play where you can say what we're doing is really special and important, and at the end was what if everybody comes to see it, wouldn't that be so fun? But when you're writing your thesis, there's this feeling of every single person I know is suffering around the same amount as me, a little more or a little less. And for me personally, sometimes that was really frustrating. There's some animosity kind of felt there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally animosity, sometimes jealousy. Sometimes like I would just feel desperate for somebody to acknowledge that what I was doing was suffering, um and nobody (laughs) no one's gonna come around you know there were nights where it was like uh four in the morning and I was awake and I would like go you know hop online and see what was up and everyone else was up too everybody else I knew was also writing till four in the morning or or the nights where nobody was around you know it's four in the morning and everybody's quiet all over town and like you are still clicking away at your thesis
0: do you have any advice for theater majors who are thinking about directing or writing or performing their own play?
1: Yeah, my advice would be really to simplify. Um, I took a really amazing course my sophomore year with Dana Katz in the art history department where all she wanted from all of our writing was was to pick one detail and write about it. So one sentence or one piece of a painting or whatever and write about that and I went into my thesis process so broad like I would write a survey of people who use improv in directing and what I found was that the broadness kept me from getting to the point of it until the last second when I had to Um, so the advice I would give would be to go specific and I do think it would be simpler to choose a play that reflects your uh research question instead of choosing any play and then applying your research question to that kind of work what kind of what
0: resources did you use here at Reed for this sure
1: um part of being in the art departments and part of being a theater major is having really amazing people around you and amazing collaborators So um, that was, by and large, the best and most amazing and most consistent resource. Um, And I think the theater department especially forces you into this sense of community that can feel really tense at times, but especially in these moments where the stress is, like, the overwhelming emotion, you know, that there's people there. So... um, A major part of my thesis research was going into rehearsal with this really cool group of people. And uh, we had a really small room, but there were three actors and an assistant director and two stage managers. And then when we got into production meetings in tech, there was an additional like five or six designers. And um, that kind of collaborative process is so amazing and can be totally precarious, but also so reassuring to say like, you're not alone in this. So I guess that is also advice I would give is finding collaborators on your thesis, even if it's a thesis that doesn't involve a clearly collaborative, um, you know, uh, element, like thinking about you writing a social thesis someday, um, thinking about what kind of collaborators you could have, if that's about researching with real people or Uh, researching alongside somebody or just like having someone who you meet with every week for coffee but to be doing whatever you can not to do this totally alone
0: okay that's yeah it's good advice uh so then going from that advice how do you think that this thesis experience informed your life after read slash what are you doing now
1: (laughs) yeah um I needed a break after I wrote my thesis so um, I spent a really wonderful summer in rehearsal for somebody else's project. Uh, where I was totally responsible for only my piece of the project and not the whole thing. And writing the thesis let me know that I could do it but that I don't want to. Uh <laughs> I what that's what I one thing I really know about myself now is I'm I at least for right now, needed a break from the academic side. What I'm really interested right now is making art and then discovering what is there. So I've been on my own doing some writing, music, a little bit of theater making, but without all the analysis and um, without trying to do anything.
0: Well, I I guess I have the question of what advice then do you give to theater majors after college, after graduation?
1: Yeah, I think there's really nothing wrong with taking a break afterwards. And I think there is really nothing wrong with, like, putting away your thesis and and not looking at it again for a while.
0: Including forgetting the name of it? Including forgetting the name (laughs) of
1: it. Um, I texted my dad when we started to see if he remembered, and I don't know. Ooh, okay, here's dad. He says, dad's got it. Okay, this is what I did. I made I made just enough copies of my thesis I guess I made four copies The oh no I made five I made five copies of my thesis the two for the library one for my advisor one for my, my mom's house one for my dad's house and I realized in that way I could always access it but I would never have to look at it again if I didn't want <laughs> to okay here's what dad says the title of my thesis was Life on Stage Cultivating Real and Representational Spontaneity in Scripted Theater I think that's wow. pretty good
0: That is a good title.
1: And then he wrote, I can't believe I dictated that to the phone and it all came out correct.
0: Ah. (laughs) Okay, well, I think that that's all the questions that I have. Yeah. Your thesis sounded really cool. I went and saw the show. It was really good. I had a fun time watching it. Well, thanks for coming
1: in and talking with me. Thanks for having me. This was really sweet.
0: Thank you, Rosie, for your time and for telling us about your thesis and the amount and kinds of work that went into it. Thank you for listening, and I hope you join us again to talk to more seniors about their thesis and better understand why you'd want to burn your draft. Burn Your Draft is a production of Reed College and the Center for Life Beyond Reed, created jointly by students, alumni, and staff. This episode was produced and engineered by me, Reed College student Frank Tangerlini. Our executive producer is Seth Paskin, class of 1990, with technical advising from staff member Joe Janiger. Nate Martin, staff member and alumnus, is our project manager. Music by alumnus Jack Salvucci and podcast art by alumni Henry Gotchlik and Lillian Pham. This podcast was made possible by a gift from Seth Paskin.